Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Need Some Introduction. I'm your host, Victor, and in today's episode, I will be recapping the fourth episode of the third season of The Boys on Amazon Prime, an episode called The Dawn of the Seven, or just Dawn of the Seven. Also in this episode, a discussion with Nick about the Obi-Wan Kenobi show, and I have a recommendation for a very cool, low-budget sci-fi movie which just popped up on Amazon Prime, and another recommendation for the new Marvel show, Ms. Marvel, which just premiered this week, and we both enjoyed it. So stay tuned for that conversation after my breakdown of this most recent episode of The Boys. Upcoming, remember that we will be covering the finale of Barry, an excellent, excellent season of Barry, the HBO series, which wraps up on Sunday, and you should get my recap and review episode out around Monday. And later next week, continuing my conversation with my sister about Barry, with Nick about Obi-Wan, and maybe the boys as well, if he catches up on that. And in the near future, we will be covering Only Murders in the Building and continuing to cover Obi-Wan and the boys, all leading up to the return of Better Call Saul, July 11th, for the final six episodes of that incredible show's run. So subscribe so you can get notifications when all those episodes become available. And interspersed within all those episodes, of course, it's summer movie season. Expect to see reviews for... The Black Phone, Nope, the new Jordan Peele film, the Thor sequel, and other films. Maybe I'll have a chance to see Jurassic World this weekend, for example. If you'd like to support the show, please recommend this to somebody else who may appreciate the conversation and commentary. Drop us an email, needsomeintroduction at gmail.com with any comments or criticisms. And give us a review on your podcatcher of choice, whether that be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast Addict, or Overcast. We really do appreciate it. It's Solid Gold, starring Marilyn McCoo, with Solid Gold recording stars Kim Carnes, the Oak Ridge Boys, Waylon Flowers and Madam, the Solid Gold Dancers, and very special guest, Soldier Boy. Fab Five Freddy told me everybody's fly. DJ spinning, I said, my, my. Flash is fast, Flash is cool. Francois Sabah, Flash ain't no dude. So Dawn of the Seven, we begin with this hilarious Solid Gold TV show. This is actual footage of this show, Solid Gold. This is not CGI, this is an actual show that existed back in probably the early 80s. I remember this from being a ch when I was a child. But what is fake here is that we see Soldier Boy is performing Blondie's Rapture. <laughs> it apparently was one of the biggest hits at the time in this alternate history. We also see the Homelander is on their version of Tucker Carlson in this universe, spewing a lot of the kind of populist rhetoric that we've been hearing in the past few years um, from our politicians. And this sets the stage early in the episode that this is the rise of the seven, but really, or the dawn of the seven, but really it's the dawn of Homelander as potentially the next president of the United States of America. I think maybe that's where they are starting to plant a seed here. Butcher, meanwhile, continues his plan to get to Russia by reaching out to Frenchie's Russian connection. And he's trying to buy Frenchie's freedom. And this woman, his, uh, Frenchie's former handler, needs a favor from Butcher, which he does not reveal at this moment. We still continue apace with the plot of Starlander. Is that what they're calling it? Starlander? Homestar? <laughs> the merging of this uh, fake relationship between Homelander and Starlight. And just as Starlight and Huey are making plans to potentially take out Homelander, he just shows up, to totally creepy, just shows up at the house, and not only is he overtly, <laughs> this guy's such a jerk. I mean, like, it doesn't need to be said, I guess. But not only is he overtly 
antagonizing people and threatening people explicitly when he, he when he has this <laughs> has all the power in the world he still has to antagonize Huey just to make him feel small he's a total sadist I did forget to mention that early on we see that Edgar is meeting with Victoria his adoptive daughter who's the head popper from last season we've discovered recently and he sets her up to go after Homelander and says don't worry I got you covered I'm going to protect you I'm going to protect your daughter and at this moment I feel like I don't trust this guy at all he's a bad daddy and that's just setting things up for later in this episode importantly we see a very funny sequence here where a train is trying to do the right thing trying to bring some attention to social justice and ends up making an energy drink <laughs> with a BLM type backdrop which reminds me of uh, that Pepsi ad with Kendall Jenner <laughs> really uh, inappropriate but a little satire here oh a little more satire that's been kind of sprinkled in so far this season uh, just the name of the episode Dawn of the Seven they've been making fun of Zack Snyder and the Snyder Cut from the beginning of this uh, show and of course that Batman versus Superman Dawn of Justice the name of that overstuffed and pretty mediocre at best uh, episode of the DC films. And this is, of course, Dawn of the Seven, right? Once again, another reference back to the Zack Snyder universe of DC movies. The boys are indeed on a jet to Russia. They've made the negotiation. Butcher has figured out a way to get them to Russia. And we see that Maeve, rather than being kind of a drunk incompetent, is actually aggressively training by herself in her apartment. She's playing possum here. So that she might be able to get sneak attack in on Homelander when the moment is right. And she feels like she has facilitated Homelander to a large extent. So this is a suicide mission for her. And just kind of speaks to how at the end of her rope she is with the whole Homelander situation and the situation in general. Starlight does go and talk to her. And they're still trying to figure out the pieces for this takedown. If the boys can indeed find this super weapon that supposedly can destroy Homelander. I did like this moment where the seven are meeting at their count in their council room and we just noticed that black noir is drawing cartoons <laughs> he's got a whole little interior life going on there but much more interestingly is that a train once again tries to bring up the issue of blue hawk of how he's been over policing these black neighborhoods in trenton new jersey i believe new jersey again well everything comes back to jersey and the deep in the middle of this conversation gets a text message from his wife and the wife is basically coaching him to get in good with homelander we've noticed this before the wife really is impressed not only when her husband is humiliated by Homelander but really seems to get a thrill from the brutality of Homelander's perspective so she's really influenced by people with power and of course Homelander is the alpha dog in this scenario and I think she wants to get close to Homelander if I had to make a guess I think she is going to do her damnedest to get close to Homelander and this is going to get her killed <laughs> Homelander is going to dispose of her like trash that's my prediction based on nothing <laughs> just based on my gut it turns out we find out what the plan was how butcher negotiated this trip to russia they need one of their gangster adversaries wiped out and they send in kimiko as a prostitute and we find out this guy has a whole slew of superhero themed dildos <laughs> by the way i did like this touch when they arrive in russia that there's all this uh graffiti everywhere in the streets that paints the seven as these monsters which is actually a realistic portrayal <laughs> of what they are most of the time and of course would be the perspective of these uh, of the russians considering that since this whole cold war cold war mentality has pervaded this superheroes as well and as you expect with the boys kimiko 
and those dildos <laughs> are uh, going to make short work of this gangster. And she ends up killing basically all of them. But one of the prostitutes freaks out, shoots Kamiko in the head. And of course, she survives. She's indestructible. Or is she? And she realizes that she's terrified these girls, which makes her worry about that monstrous side of herself. You know, she's just come out of being this feral creature. So maybe she's afraid of slipping back into that personage again. So set up earlier in the episode was that conversation with Edgar and Victoria that they were going to have a press conference just to wrap Homelander on the knuckles. Just remind him who's really in charge here. And it's the night of the press conference or the day of the press conference. And it turns out, oh, twist, Victoria has turned on Edgar, is actually there to announce charges against Edgar for impropriety within Vought. And they're going to force him out. Turns out Homelander is working with her. So Homelander is really at the peak of his powers right here. He really controls every aspect of this show. And we're going to see even more. I just want to briefly mention that there's yet another dildo scene here. <laughs> Although this person is uh, going to enjoy their experience with the dildo. So I guess it's all a matter of perspective. <laughs> Maybe that's the overall point of this show. And then as we get towards the end of the episode, we have a grouping of important meetings here. And then a big action sequence that cap things off. First, Homelander and Victoria meet. And we see part of this negotiation that's happened behind the scenes. We see Butcher fixing himself with this 24-hour V very much looking like a drug metaphor here. And I think that this is a drug metaphor they're making here, that he is getting drunk on the power. I think more problematic is that we see Huey walk in on him, and he wants it too. He was humiliated. He's tired of being humiliated by Homelander and all these other evil superheroes. And he feels like he can't protect himself or anybody else. He wants some of that V also. Uh, Butcher at the time says he will not give it to him and actually warns him that this is not power. This is actually punishment. Sooner or later, Homelander will find Ryan. Okay? It's just a matter of time. I have to do this, all right? You don't. And he's in just as much danger. Homelander almost lasered me in half in front of her. And it was like, it was like I was back with every bully that I ever had, just taking it. And then she had to save me again. Butcher, please, please. Please, because right now I am so angry that I can't even breathe. Oh, Huey. It's shit here. It's not power. It's punishment. You don't deserve none of it. What did you do? But we find out later that Dewey snuck some of that 24-hour V while he's embracing Butcher there. Another really great scene, Edgar and Homelander together. You wanna know something? I used to be intimidated by you. I did. And now I look at you, I'm just, I have no idea why. Truly, you're not even pathetic. You're, you're just nothing. Then why are you still here? Looking for my approval, like I'm your daddy. And even if I were, what would there be to approve of? The company is yours. No one left to stand up to you. But I think you'll come to sorely regret that. And why is that? Because there's no one left to cover for you either. Eventually, probably soon, the world will recognize you for the pitiful disappointment you are. You are not worthy of my respect. 
You are not a god. You are simply bad product. So I still wonder what is the overall plot with Edgar. I do not think he is so naive that he just thinks he's untouchable here. And I also feel like he's probably been manipulating everybody here. Maybe I'm overreading into this because I think that, you know, this is Giancarlo Esposito. Once again, Gus Fring. So maybe I just think he's more of a mastermind than he is. But I am pretty sure that this show would have no dramatic tension if Edgar doesn't have some control over Homelander, which I mean, at this moment, the show is trying to set it up that Homelander has a glide path, free reign to do whatever he wants. And this leads us to the end of the episode where many things happen in pretty quick succession. First, we see that Victoria has given V, regular V, it doesn't look like the 24-hour color, to her daughter, who has a strong reaction to it as her body starts to change. And it's sad that she's doing this, but she thinks she's protecting her daughter from Homelander. And honestly, if I was under the microscope of Homelander, someone who is indestructible, I would probably make the same decision. The boys have arrived at the Russian lab, thanks to the deal they made with their Russian contact. They find a very angry, <laughs> super-powered hamster. And just as the guards show up and they're overpowered and all hope seems to be lost, Huey gives Butcher the nod and Butcher reveals the fact that he has taken the 24-hour V. He is temporarily a superhero and uses his laser vision to kill all the guards in the room. With a little assist from our <laughs> very, very dangerous hamster. And this is also the moment where we find out that Huey has indeed snuck some of that V and injected himself with it. He moves so fast, he actually slips right out of his clothes, <laughs> so he's naked, and punches a hole right through one of the soldiers, and then apologizes for it. And his arm, of course, has now been fixed, instantly healed, and he's just starting to feel a little bit of that power. The rest of the boys are a little upset that this has all been happening behind their backs, but no time for that yet. Butcher, still using his superpowers, tears open one of the containers, one of these cryogenic containers in this lab, and who is inside? What a shock. What a shock. Unbelievable. Soldier Boy, tell him. Soldier Boy is alive. I am so shocked by this. Oh, wait a second. I'm not shocked at all. <laughs> this is so totally obvious. Everybody knew this was going to happen. And we see that maybe, first of all, there may not be this other weapon that supposedly killed Soldier Boy that they've been looking for. But maybe we're setting things up that Soldier Boy himself might be that weapon. He sees. We see this uh, energy building up inside his chest. He blows a hole through the wall. Kimiko is there, unfortunately in the way of the blast. She gets blown through the wall as well. And he's out in the wild now. Naked also. <laughs> Another naked superhero roaming the streets of Russia. Problematically here, and maybe this is setting things the stage for something else, is that Kamiko is not healing from that blast. And she's bleeding out in the car at the end of this episode. Meanwhile, Huey doesn't even seem to notice. He's so in love with this power he's feeling right now, looking at his healed arm and just, you know, can just tell from the look on his face that he's really thrilled by this rush of power. So setting things up for the rest of the season for sure. And lastly, we see one more very upsetting scene. Starlight and Homelander are at some kind of event. They're trying to sell this entire romance. This is their new storyline. And there's been drama playing out in the background of all these scenes throughout this episode. First of all, when Homelander was threatening to Huey, she had threatened that I walk with my approval ratings if you threaten any of my friends. Homelander doesn't like this. He does not like being told what to do. And in the same way that he has orchestrated a power grab for the rise or the dawn of the seven here. He has started to hatch a plan here, even in this parallel, much lower stakes way. He can't let anything go. And he is planning a way to get back at Starlight. Also earlier, Starlight had met with Alex 
And she was talking to him about possibly recruiting him to, do, to help her out with something, something they have planned. I don't want to give you details. The less you know, the better. But when the day comes, will you have my back? And he jokes with her. You know, I'm still in love with you, blah, blah, blah. Maybe that's true. Maybe that's not. It's really just setting things up here for the end, unfortunately. At the time, I thought, well, maybe they're setting it up for a love competition with Huey. That's what I thought was going to happen. Maybe Alex is going to step in. He's going to be protecting her. And this is going to lead to some complexity because maybe she's going to start having feelings for him again, right? Not for Huey. So that's what I thought they were going to do with this character. <laughs> I was wrong. Because about halfway through that, this episode where we had that conference room scene where the Deep was being manipulated by his wife, and he had ended up getting into a fight, a fist fight with A-Train afterwards. And A-Train, of course, doesn't have any powers right now. And Homelander humiliated A-Train. And this is where Alex kind of said, you know, maybe there's something we could do about this. And we cut away, but you presume that he's trying to, he's thinking about it. Good job by this actor, by the way. He's playing out his face. Hmm, should I do this? Should I not do this? In the end, if you don't know somebody very well, don't tell them your deepest, darkest secrets, by the way, people. <laughs> Lesson of the day. He apparently let him in on the plan that there's going to be some kind of coup coming. So, hey, A-Train, be on our side. Of course, A-Train goes and tells Homelander, ingratiate himself just a little bit with Homelander. Everybody wants daddy's approval. <laughs> this whole show is about nothing but men with daddy issues, which, of course, leads us to this final sequence where Homelander now at this photo op, says, hey, why don't we go for a flight? And uh, Starlight says, I'm, yeah, the car's right here. Why don't I just jump in the car? He's like, no, no, really, I want to, you know, come on, it'll look good for the cameras. So reluctantly, she's like, okay, let's go. What do you want to show me? Turns out what he wants to show him is the fact that Alex has been ripped to shreds, <laughs> has a hole punched into his face, and has basically been tortured and dismembered brutally, as usual, on this show. And I was totally shocked by this. I did not expect this to be the case. As I mentioned before, I thought this was going to be possibly some kind of romantic competition for Huey, and that would be his trajectory. But nope, he's been killed. A-Train has ratted out her plan to Homelander. Homelander knows everything that's going on. And now she is exactly where Maeve was. He's going to threaten to control her. And rather than her saying, hey, you do what I want, or I'm going to walk away with my approval points, to which Homelander just says, well, I see your threat, <laughs> and I raise you the threat that I will murder Huey if you ever walk away from me. You are now mine. You're my property. And as I mentioned, paralleling very much Maeve's experience. And we see how psychologically traumatized Maeve is by her experiences with him. We leave things as usual with this show, a show that has much, much comedy in it. But usually in the final beats of each episode, it's nothing but misery <laughs> and disappointment for all our good characters or better characters. I'm going to break it down one more time and I'm going to make it crystal clear so that even you can understand it okay there will be no more plotting planning playing around that is over okay from here on out there is only my dutiful loving main squeeze starlight worshiping me and me alone because if you step one inch out of line I mean if you so much as fucking blink the wrong way then that my love will be Huey Do you understand this time? Good. Then say it. So I know. That'll be Huey. That'll be Huey. There it is. You find your own way home. 
so where did I leave all this? I, I this is very interesting. Um, I have a couple of uh, takeaways. One is uh, I'm very worried about that hamster. <laughs> Is that hamster just out and about eating its way through all the Russian citizenry? Uh, I do worry. Someone's got to catch that guy. I don't think he's a, a good guy. <laughs> I don't know if he has like a true affiliation or affinity for the good guys. I think he's just kind of hungry. So I do worry about where that hamster's going to show up. And maybe that's our super weapon, by the way. Maybe he could just burrow away through Homelander. Maybe this will be <laughs> the, the big surprise uh, twist at the end of this uh, season of TV. And my one big takeaway here is uh, I think this show continues to have a Homelander problem. Uh, you know, there is something called like the Superman problem, which is this idea that when you have someone with infinite power... It's very hard to make them a dynamic presence, not necessarily a compelling presence, but a dynamic presence. And I do uh, feel the same thing with Homelander here. Obviously, we're supposed to absolutely hate Homelander. But when you have someone who literally can hear your thoughts, even if you're whispering in your house and he can be miles away, you have to conveniently not let him have those powers from moment to moment. Like, for example, couldn't he just eavesdrop on Starlight anytime he wants to? So he doesn't have to kill anybody to find out what's going on. He could have just known it. So the show does have these conveniences where sometimes he's all powerful. He has all the power in the world, invincible. He can hear people from miles away. And then sometimes they have to like not give him those things because it would be impossible to write around him. And like I mentioned, maybe that is the trajectory of this season, but I feel like he doesn't have any weaknesses at all right now, which does not make him interesting. You can't have a villain who has no dynamism at all basically there was in season two wants to be reunited with his son so there's an aspect where they're controlling him that way there's the video but now he's basically burned out to the ground which honestly should have just been from the beginning i mean he is more dangerous without this affinity to the country at least before like in season one the way the show began he really believed his own hype so he was a quote-unquote good guy he wasn't the bad guy so he really needed to psychologically perceive himself as that good guy. But over the course of the last season, you know, basically falling in love with a Nazi and really sympathizing with her perspective, he's really embracing that he is a monster. And a monster that is impervious to damage is not a very interesting character. <laughs> I mean, it's great for getting you angry. I mean, I, get, I, I despise this character intentionally, of course, the intention of the showrunners to make me hate him. <laughs> but I do worry that there's a limit to that if they just keep spinning their wheels for another season. So all that is to say, I hope that there is some big change to his character. Yes, you might be able to kill him. That's one way to do it. But I think it would actually be way more interesting if somehow he is diminished. He can either lose all his powers or just have a more manageable amount of powers later in the season. That would be very interesting because this guy who is a bully, but is a baby at the same time, is so thin-skinned, having lost his powers and having to deal with being bullied would be an incredible reversal. And him obviously either, whether he reforms himself in some way or desperately needs to become a supervillain again, either one of those trajectories would be very interesting for another season of the show. So I do hope that is kind of the direction they're going in. As far as what we're seeing here, if I had to take a guess, Soldier Boy's powers can diminish someone's powers. I do believe they are not going to just kill Kamiko like this. I could be wrong about that, but I don't believe so. And somehow they get Soldier Boy to use his powers in a battle royale against Homelander. And then they can't kill Homelander, but they can diminish his power. And then collectively, they can all at least temporarily contain him. I just realized as I was doing this recap that there is one other 
possible way where these pieces can fit together. Maybe Soldier Boy's power does take away Kamiko's superpowers permanently. Maybe that's actually what we saw there. They can use the temporary V to heal her, but then she can choose after the 24 hours to not get her powers back, which is kind of one of the themes that we've been seeing playing out here on the show this season. So it's possible that she could lose her superpowers. They would also discover at that moment that this is how we get Homelander because Soldier Boy can take away his superpowers potentially. Anyway, just a theory, but maybe, maybe I'm right. (laughs) I hope so. I mean, that would be an interesting way to go potentially. So that's my guess. But like I said, I actually prefer a version not where Homelander dies, but where Homelander's diminished to such an extent that he then has to put the shoe on the other foot, basically. All right. What did you guys think of the episode? Reach out to me. Needs some introduction at gmail.com. Would love to hear your feedback. And with that out of the way, uh, here's my conversation with Nick. We are going to talk very much about Star Wars and what is wrong with this Star Wars franchise whether you like this Obi-Wan Kenobi show or not, I think you have to admit the fact that this property, this IP, is having a lot of problems in figuring out what it wants to be, what stories it wants to tell. So we talk about that. Uh, Just a warning that we obviously spoil the most recent episode of Obi-Wan Kenobi, but we also spoil everything Star Wars franchise up until this point. So we talk about the movies here and there. We talk about the Boba Fett show. We talk about the Mandalorian And by the way, no detailed spoilers, but our conversation is mitigated on the fact that you have seen those shows, not detailed spoilers, just kind of the gist, like here's where the show ended. Here's the kind of story it was trying to tell. Very general. So take that all into your considerations, but it is a very entertaining conversation. Hope you enjoy it. All right, so I wanted to get your feedback, Nick. Nick's back on the show again, everybody. Hey, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) And we haven't spoken to Nick in a while. I have something to recommend, though, that I want to recommend to everybody, so I'll recommend it to you as well. This is a movie that I had seen. I heard a lot of buzz about this. It's a Japanese movie called Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes is what it's called. And I had heard about it because it was basically made on this tiny shoestring and it was getting a lot of buzz. It's a time travel movie. Oh. And uh, the reason I thought about it is because today I was looking at my app to find out when the next episode of The Boys is coming. And I'll be recapping Mm -hmm. that soon. And I noticed, hey, new movie recommended for me, Beyond the Infinite Two Minutes. And I really recommend this to everybody who likes science fiction. This is a movie especially if you're younger, by the way, you can literally have made this movie with a lot of just your friends and a little bit of money in your pocket, maybe a few thousand dollars. But let me tell you the setup of the the movie because it's so cool. This guy walks downstairs from his apartment. We're following him. It looks like one continuous take, by the way, the whole movie. It's like one continuous take, although they cheat. It's not really one continuous take, but it's incredible what they do. And he walks downstairs and he's at this tea shop where he works and he's talking to the girl who works there. And all of a sudden the television turns on. And somehow the television is attached to his bedroom upstairs and on the Mm -hmm. television is himself upstairs. And it's saying, look, you're looking two minutes into the future and blah, 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 blah. And he's like, and I can prove it to you. And he tells him something and he checks his pocket and he's like, okay. And he's like, and by the way, your two minutes are up. So you have to come up here to your room and say this to yourself. And then we follow him back up to his room and then he's on his monitor 
and the monitor turns on and he sees himself back in the, the, the version of himself that was back in the tea room. And then he's like, oh my God, this is happening. So he repeats exactly the dialogue he just said to keep the, the loop progressing. Yeah. And then while he's having these conversations, some of his friends walk into the room, right? So now he goes downstairs and they're already there because it's a, we're going different time and time, different point in time. And this keeps going and going and going. And they're looking at what's happening in the mirror. So they're looking into the future or looking into the past. And then this is the great concept. And I cannot imagine how they pulled this off. One of the guys goes, hey, let's bring the monitor downstairs. And they put the two monitors facing each other like an infinite mirror. And then what they're doing is now, because they have infinite mirror, they can look through the window and see in two minute increments into the future or into the past. And like late, like everything they're doing in front of the camera is like popping up on the windows in two minute increments. And then they see things happening in the future. The guy tells them, Hey, go bet on this game. And then, but then even further in the future, they see that one of them gets killed. So now like that death is coming closer to them and they're trying to figure this out while it's happening. It is insane. It is hilarious, and I have no idea how these guys pulled this off. It's it's it, they must have spent like months plotting this all out, like what each one of those two minutes is going to be, so it all nests together. It's incredible, incredible. I got a uh, what, what's it on? Is it on Netflix or uh... it's on Amazon Prime? On Amazon. Oh, right, I'm gonna check that out. That's yeah. very cool. It's very awesome. Cool. I recommend it very highly. It's so entertaining, and the, like I said, it, it's. 70 minutes long. It's only a little over an hour. I oh. can't imagine they dragged this on any longer because it's insane what they already did because you have to basically make a 35 minute, two minute movies and then make them all line up perfectly and yeah. make it look like one continuous shot. The camera's following them around the whole entire time. So That's it's, very it's, cool. it's, it's incredible what they did. And uh, it's just so funny and so entertaining. And uh, yeah, it's, it's terrific. So definitely nice. check that out. I, I definitely will check that out. Cool. Mostly, I think I want to talk to you about Obi-Wan. But I'm very negative on that one. And I think you are too. So rather than going starting negative, I did want to mention that the new Marvel show started this week, Ms. Marvel. And I got to tell you, I had absolutely zero enthusiasm for this character. <laughs> no interest in watching this show at all. But I checked it out to just say, you know, I'll give it a look. It's uh, going to be something different for Marvel Pakistani uh, protagonist. Interesting, you know, not their usual thing. And it's in Jersey City. We're here in New Jersey. So, you know, little representation for New Jersey. Yeah, I'm said, give it a try. Let's see what it's like. And I got to say, as negative as I've been on Obi-Wan Kenobi, I actually really like this. You know, it's not, this show is definitely not made for me. <laughs> it's made for teenage girls. But uh, I love the style of the movie. I, I love the show, I should say. I liked how her fantasies are playing out like in the graffiti in the background. There's so much energy on the screen. Their text messages are appearing like on the, uh, the, the crosswalks uh, in the intersections yeah. and stuff. Mm -hmm. I just think it's like so much fun to look at this. And I really usually am very irritated by teenage actors. I thought she was great. I really loved her as this character. So I, I may, I had no intention of watching this beyond the first episode to give it like a mini review. I might actually watch this thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, First of all, let me apologize because I don't have my I don't have my normal mic tonight. So hopefully the sound is uh, is all right. No, um, sounds I'm good. Working off, good. Yeah, I'm working off the sound on my computer tonight. But uh, I uh, I did like it. I had no expectations. I especially coming off of Moon Knight, I was <laughs> like, oh boy, here we go again. But um, no, I did like it. You know, I'm curious to see where this thing goes. Obviously, I'm curious as to where that bracelet came from yeah. and what what connection it has to the MCU. I was thinking like maybe this is like. It's, it's obviously an old relic or something like that. 
you know, where she gets her power. And again, I don't know much about this character from the comics, but, but I enjoyed it. I, I, I didn't, I thought like, uh, I thought Carol Danvers would show up. Maybe she will like later in the series. Maybe there'll be a cameo. Well, she, this Marvel character, I did not know this until I did a little research for this conversation in the Marvels, the show. I mean, I'm sorry, the movie that's coming out next year, she will be one of the Marvels. So she's definitely going to be, um, Danvers at that point, okay. but I don't know if she will maybe, maybe make a cameo here in the, in the show as well. That would be nice to see. I thought a couple of cool things they did in the show. So first of all, I don't know this character at all, other than my daughter likes the Spider-Man cartoons and Miss mm-hmm. Marvel is in the Spider-Man cartoons. And what I like that they did an adaptation is I remember seeing this character on those cartoons. My, my daughter watches and thinking what a goofy power for her to have because like, you know, her hands get really big and yeah, she can yeah. like make her different parts of her body really large. So I'm like, how are they going to represent this on a live action show? And I thought they did an awesome job of that visualizing it as like, almost like this a projection of like her own force. So like, actually you get both sides of that, right? It's not as ridiculous as her body actually stretching, but you get the effect of like this giant hand catching her friend, for example. Right. So it's yeah. a kind of cool way to split the difference. Yeah. They did a pretty good job. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it was, it was visually, it was really cool. I agree with what you said in terms of uh, when they were walking around and the text messages were like yep. appearing on the, you know, on the neon signs and stuff like that. That was very cool. And also the, um, uh, the special effects with, with regards to her powers. I, um, I got, a, you know, and it's funny that you said that because that's, that I sort of felt like it was a very Spider-Man-y yeah, very much. sort of yep. vibe mm-hmm. to it. Uh, young, you know, young kids in high school and, you know, a lot of the teenage angst stuff going on and, uh, I thought it was cool. So I'm curious to see where it goes, who, who the big baddie's going to be in this one and, you know, what, what she's, what she's got to do. And literally had no idea about this character. The yep. only, the only thing I knew about uh, the character was from uh, those Marvel games that I play on my iPhone when I'm <laughs> bored. And I know that there's this character, you know, the, the Miss Marvel character, but uh, Camilla, you know, but yeah. I, I thought her power was actually going to come from, uh, she was going to have like some sort of interaction with Carol Danvers and like mm-hmm. something from the Tesseract. So I had no idea that it was like this magic bracelet gave her the powers, but yeah, it's from her, it's, it's, from her it's, grandmother. It's, so there might yeah, be some legacy there. As exactly. Well. So it's cool. It was, you know, I kind of, I kind of liked it. it. You know, I was thinking about what we had talked about with, you know, the Eternals and Moon Knight. It's not out there. It's, it's just a normal person and they got superpowers. Not, not that, Moon Knight wasn't the same thing, but <laughs> right. it was a kind of a weird guy that got superpowers. But this is like more akin to what we saw in the initial phases of the MCU, like this type of a backstory. Yeah, in general, what you're saying. So just to piggyback on a few things you said, one is I definitely got that vibe, like you mentioned, that this is almost like a Spider-Man-like character in the fact that, you know, like you said, deals with, you know, she's a, a teenager, a true teenage actress in this case. And dealing with those uh, pressures, I like the fact that, you know, I'm not uh, Pakistani, <laughs> but uh, I do have an immigrant family. My parents were immigrants. And there's almost like this thing that uni- unites us. Uh, I remember growing up with people who were, uh, you know, I was an AP calculus or something. And in my class, we hung out with, I had Chinese immigrants. I had 
Indian immigrants. We had all these different kinds of immigrant groups, Filipino immigrants, all in this AP class. And we had all these like commonalities, like dealing with the pressures <laughs> and the cultural issues of having like an immigrant family. And I always empathize with those uh, immigrant family representations, even though they're maybe not exactly the same culture. These parents that are just so sweet, but <laughs> kind of have like that cultural divide always. Yep. So that I, I liked. Another thing I wanted to mention on what you were saying as well is as far as how out there the show is. I agree that I like that. Unlike Moon Knight, for example, where you're getting thrown into the deep end with this whole mythology, they're probably easing us in, which is my preference as well. But I did find one thing. It's so brief. I don't even know if you picked on, picked up on it, but I thought it was pretty cool. There's a moment where she puts the bracelet on for the first time and you see her flip. It's like that TV commercial where you flip 180 degrees and she's in like some netherworld for a moment. And she's surrounded by these dark figures with glowing eyes. And then she flips back into the uh, conference center. But I was like, whoa, that's a very creepy like image there just for a second. But I guess they're introducing this kind of connection that this thing has to some other plane. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I forgot about that. I did see that, you know, obviously. And, uh, but I didn't know. I, I thought she was going into like some sort of multiverse or something like that, like really quick. <laughs> it's you all know? multiverse like, oh, nowadays. It's all multiverse. But yeah, no. Uh, speaking of which, by the way, I still have not seen Doctor Strange. <laughs> and um, at this point, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to wait for it to come out on Disney. Well, Disney I was going to say, as a PSA, uh, it's coming out. I think there's a 45-day window now for Disney. Yeah. So yeah. I think it's coming out the week that the Thor movie is coming out. So it's yeah. just a few weeks away, two weeks away. So. so I'm like, I dropped the ball on that. So just, you know, if I had no spoilers there, but <laughs> I am going to see Thor when it hits the theaters uh that one I'm not that one I'm not waiting for but uh no I mean it, you know going back uh yeah no that was that was a cool thing and then one of the other things was in the the post credit scene um oh yeah the character that one character was from the Spider-Man uh No Way Home movie yeah. uh who was investigating Peter I guess after his uh Dewey uh, Dewey from uh, Dewey. Yep. succession <laughs> yeah yep exactly so um that was cool. So there's a little crossover there. Yeah. And like we another said, par- uh, I mean, another parallel to Spider-Man, I mean, uh, Spider-Man as if we needed even more. Yep. Paralleling. yep. But it'll be, you know, I, I'm curious. I think, you know, I think we, we might see some cameos in this one. Yeah. Um, because, you know, clearly there are, I mean, not, not that Moon Knight wasn't operating in the MCU, but this seems like there's so many references to the, to the Avengers that I think you may, you may see a cameo uh, at some point. How many episodes? Six? Is this going to be I six? I think they're or? always, I think they're usually six or not always, I should say, but I think they're usually six. Okay. So <laughs> and I, I was going to go straight into Obi-Wan from there, but I, <laughs> I did want to actually bring up one other thing, which is um, right when this wraps up, I believe probably within a week or so, we then get at the beginning of August, we get the She-Hulk. Yeah, that's going to be great. And I do not watch trailers in general. I just try to avoid them. But for this one, I was just so like, I don't know the She-Hulk character at all. Just so curious to see, like, get a feel for the show that I watched the trailer for this. And man, that trailer is hysterical. Like, I was like, what a bizarre premise for for a show. But it's very entertaining. It seems like she's also going to be like... uh you know, Dr. Hulk ish, you know, like she's going to talk, she's going to be able to talk and she's not going right. to be like, you know, Hulk, fully yeah. MCU Hulk. She's going to be the, an intelligent sort of Hulk character. Right. So yeah. we'll see, but it looks pretty funny. I like that. They've got, you know, they've got the Hulk in it. So that'll be, that'll be cool. I'll see where that goes as well. So I'm, I'm optimistic, especially coming off of, uh, I mean, we, you know, again, a lot of people disagree, but I think we hit a pretty low point with, uh, <laughs> 
with Moon Knight. So there's only there's only one way to go from there. Yeah. Again, not to belabor the point, but I just did not get yeah. Moon Knight. <laughs> I, I didn't my my biggest com- confusion with Moon Knight, I mean I didn't didn't, didn't appreciate the show. I was more <laughs> you know perplexed by the fact that the general consensus, you know, even among critics as well was pretty positive towards that show. Yeah. And I'm like, what did I, what were they seeing there? I, I don't, I don't get it. Like, I don't get it. And, and it's even the idea of, you know, we'll see this character in other Marvel films, I'm sure, or series. It's, okay, fine. I don't mind seeing Oscar Isaac come back into the MCU. Mm-hmm. I, I definitely have no problem with that, but I watched that show and I'm just like, uh, I don't even know who this character is. I have no idea what Moon Knight's yeah. about. Like that, you know, the, I, I still need a full introduction to Moon Knight and whatever movie he turns up in. Well, it's, yeah. And it's kind of like what we were saying with the Eternals too. Like, you know, you, we're going to see them again, right? right. We're going to see some of these characters in some crossover movies, but it's going to be like, wait, who's that person <laughs> again? Right. So, I, I don't get it. You know, I guess there's a lot of people out there that, you know, love the MCU clearly. Uh, right. we're, we're two of them, but certain people I think just like it because it's MCU and no matter what they put out, you know, they're, they're going to always, you know, say, this is great. This is one of the greatest things I've ever seen. I mean, honestly, if you wanted to see something that's avant-garde, you know, like just watch, you know, severance or something like that, you know, like Loki, Loki's a weird, weird show. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. So Hey, listen, everybody's got different tastes. I just, I don't get it. I didn't get, I didn't get Moon Knight. you know, and even, you know, how it ended was, was, we didn't want to go back into this again, but like I was sitting there and I'm like, I don't know what the hell's going on. Like I was like, right, I have right. no idea what's going on here. But anyway, this looks like it's more mainstream. It's going to be a little bit more of like a linear type of show. Yep, and we're going yep. to get to see this kid turn from a, you know, a high school student into a superhero. And I think right. it's nice to get back to that. I know it's a little bit formulaic, but it's kind of nice to get back to that, see a new story. And there's something to be said with a simple origin story sometimes, uh, as well uh you know i mean after all this kind of you know sometimes you could try too hard <laughs> it's not that hard sometimes right but speaking of that so even with moon knight even though i was very disappointed with moon knight i still appreciated moments of it you know certain episodes of it uh, some aspects of it definitely and i you know appreciated some of the things they tried to do especially that asylum episode and, and that's a show i did not like but i have not liked anything like absolutely i just i've tried for the first few episodes when i was recapping Obi-Wan by myself. I tried to put some positive spin on it, but then I just went off on it. I don't know if you heard my episode yesterday, but I basically just spent yep. 15 minutes ripping it apart. And I'd like, honestly, there, I don't, what, what are we, <laughs> what story are we telling here? You know, we already know with four episodes in, you know, obviously there's nothing of consequence here. It's not even like Better Call Saul where there are characters in it that we don't know their destinies. We know what happens to Leia. We know what happens to Obi-Wan. We know what happens to Darth Vader. And we're four episodes in. And I feel like it's almost as if they said, you guys can have this show as long as absolutely nothing happens within the context of the show that affects anything else in the, the series. And I'm like, what is the purpose of any of this at this point? I, I, it just drives me nuts. Like, what, what are they doing? Yeah, I, you know, so... I'm somewhere in between. Uh, I, I don't hate it as much as you do. I'm sort of ambivalent to it. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the Vader episode where, you know, the episode three, that, that was, that was, that was cool. Um, I like seeing, like, him. You know, I like seeing, seeing him. him. That was cool. And he's a badass. and you know, he's, you know, he's killing civilians, which is pretty, <laughs> yeah. pretty wild, you know? 
Uh, and Obi-Wan obviously confronting him. I thought that was pretty cool, although Obi-Wan ran, but it was kind of, it was <laughs> yeah, kind until, of cool. Yeah, when until he, it turns bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was kind of cool though when he was like, what, what, you know, what have you become? I thought that was, that was cool. Yeah, yeah. On the flip side of that, I agree with you. It, it's almost like at this point right now, and I don't know what the last two episodes are going to bring, but it's a story that didn't need to be told because right, exactly. there's nothing really happening here, like you said. And that Better Call Saul is a great example of that. Right. You know, yeah, we know what happens to Saul up to a certain point um, in Breaking Bad, but um, the way that they've developed that show in terms of creating uh, new characters and storylines where you don't know, you know, what's going to happen to other characters, you had this golden opportunity with Obi Wan to do yep. the same thing. Even this Imperial traitor, mm-hmm. I don't even know what her name Vera, or I don't, I think that's I her name. Her I don't name even, too. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, I don't. Who cares? You know, like, <laughs> and what happened to that? that Although guy, she's the only know? interesting character on here, like potentially yeah, you could see and, her turn into something in the future. That's and the, then what I happened mean, to that? That other guy that was like pretending to be a Jedi and then he like helped out Obi Wan. We haven't seen him. Oh again. yeah, what's his name? Uh, Kamal uh, uh, Nanjiani. Yeah, from from the Eternals also. From, <laughs> from the, the Eternals, Eternals exactly. Yeah. A couple of other things that are annoying. I kind of rolled my eyes when um, you know the MacGuffin in it was way is kidnapping, and it's like yeah. again, like right. from yep. the entire yep. universe. Yeah. Oh my God, we're going back again to the Skywalkers and I get it. It's Obi-Wan. So there was going to be some connection, but you didn't really have to have the Skywalker connection with Leia. And you didn't really need to even use Luke in this. It could have just been a a different sort of task. We still haven't seen Qui-Gon, which is annoying as hell because I'm I'm assuming he's going to show up. I thought Obi-Wan was supposed to be training during this period, at the end of uh, Revenge of the Sith, you know, Yoda wanted him training. Right. And we haven't seen any of that. And we're basically seeing Obi-Wan as a shell of himself, which I get in light of what transpired. But we've already seen that with Luke um, in the (laughs) sequel. I'm laughing because here we go again. In the sequel trilogy, which don't even get me started. And I don't (laughs) want to do this to you again. So I'm not going to even go there. But dude, have you guys not learned from your mistakes already? Like how many times are you going to do this? Like just tell a story and you don't have to, you know, destroy the character to then build it back up. Like we get it. Like, you know, he, he trained, he trained Anakin, Anakin fell to the dark side. Just tell a good story about this character and don't make them so weak. And, and why can't he be good? Like, you, like to exactly. your point, like why, if he is going, I think I said this in one of the recaps, so I'm probably repeating myself now, you know, if he's supposedly going to be protecting Luke and Luke is like the Messiah or whatever, then why wouldn't he want to be absolutely on point? Like he could just be training in his hovel, <laughs> you know, exactly. making sure that his skills are. And even that is ridiculous. I thought that, you know, a couple episodes ago, he can't like move a simple object with his, with the yeah. force. And then all of a sudden within a couple of episodes, this episode, for example, he's pretty badass. by the way, the action wise, I think he did a pretty good job. He looks yeah. good swinging that lightsaber around, but then he can suddenly like keep that, glass from water. breaking you know yeah, the water and keep out all that home. water like he couldn't pick up a, a, a you know a, a, an empty a bottle last week <laughs> exactly <laughs> like no and it's um you know and but there's been certain good things too you know like the callbacks uh, you know the callbacks to, to uh, uh the original star wars movie new hope you know uh especially in this last episode with uh 
the little hand link that they were talking through. You know, that was the thing that C-3PO and Luke were talking. Which also gave them away, though, by the way. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, so there were good so there were good callbacks to that. I I like that. Um, The tracker. Right. Because that's how Boba Fett got uh, Han. Uh, in uh, uh, Empire Strikes Back, so you've got you know a few few pretty cool callbacks, and I do of course you know anytime Vader's on the screen, it is very interesting. Uh, I enjoy seeing that, and and clearly they're going to face off again another time. Now I did read that the two inconsist the two biggest inconsistencies based on the dialogue in A New Hope, which was known as just Star Wars to the old folks like us when it first <laughs> right. came out. Uh, you know Leia asking for Obi-Wan's help and then Darth Vader saying, you know, we finally meet again. Or when we last met, I was the, uh, you know, you were the teacher and I was the apprentice or whatever. Apparently it is going to be rectified that by the end of this series. So the next two episodes, they are going to somehow rectify that um, uh, perceived inconsistency in the dialogue and in, in a new hope. My guess is, they're going to somehow wipe away his mind because they're going to have to, because nobody can know where Obi-Wan is. And and I think they're going to pull a three PO uh, droid wipe, you know, even though she's human, she's human. They're going to somehow <laughs> they're going to somehow wipe her mind of remembering this because otherwise, and I'm sure you said this previously, she would have just said, Obi-Wan remember when I was 10 and they kidnapped me and he <laughs> yeah, came and saved exactly. me. And then exactly. the inquisitors got me. And then we yep. saw the dead Jedi that were in the Amber stuff, you know, like, you know, no, it's they're going to my guess is that she, her mind is probably going to be wiped because or they're going to do some force thing with her yeah. um, that's going to eradicate this from her memory. And then uh, as far as uh, Darth Vader and Obi-Wan, you know, I, I think you can somehow, you know, there'll, there'll be some dialogue in the last episode. When <laughs> I'm they, sorry, when they but see- that's, that's souring <laughs> me even more on it. The idea of basically the, the show itself, the show itself will intentionally erase itself. They have be like, to. Let's pretend this never happened. It's like, can we just not watch it then? Can we just not watch well, it? When they were in the right, when they were in the, like, the room, when they were developing the scripts for this, right? Yeah. The store, the showrunners. Yeah. When they were like, well, how about this? Instead, like, why wouldn't somebody just speak up and be like, well, instead of having Leia going on this adventure with Obi-Wan, and then we have to erase her mind at the end because, you know, she doesn't know who Obi-Wan is yeah. in, in, in A New Hope. How about this? I have a better idea. Why don't we create this entirely new situation yeah. where Obi-Wan's got to come out of hiding? Yeah. Maybe somebody found, maybe he found out that the Empire lo- located where Yoda is or something happened where he's got to come out of hiding. And it has absolutely nothing, nothing. to do with the Sky- Skywalkers. Like, how about that for an idea? I'm a, but someone you, else was there like, are no, so up. many. It's so nuts. They're talking about, you know, when this first show came out, that they were talking about planning for a second season. And that's part of the reason that Leia is supposed to be like 10 years old in here. And they hired a girl that's even younger than 10 because they, you know, yeah. so they could use her again in another season or something. Although I think that's ridiculous because she's going to look, you know, much older next time they shoot. If there's like a two year window between these shows. Anyway, regardless of all that stuff. I just think all oh, this is so ridiculous if they were actually planning for more than one season of this, because to your point, in my mind, once again, maybe these are my own expectations. In my mind, I'm thinking exactly what you're saying. He's on the planet. He's trying to watch Luke. He gets drawn out for some reason. Maybe he's in a romance and he needs to rescue somebody. Maybe yeah. it's just somebody else. It's just a call of saying, I'm supposed to be here taking care of Luke. 
But instead, I got called away for something else. So because he just has this need to go save someone else, like you said, a completely unrelated story. And then like at the end of that season or something, you could have him like on the other side of the galaxy and all of a sudden being like, oh, my God, I'm so far away from what I'm supposed to be doing right now. But he could be like a kick ass Jedi going on these missions. Right. He doesn't yeah, have to like be like being, being only like with Leia. Only yep. with characters we've seen in previous movies and like with Darth Vader running into him just so that what? So that just to create these inconsistencies in their own plotting? Like why? What are the, what are, what's in the, I don't get the point of this at all. <laughs> no. And, and you, you know, that's a very good point in terms of, you, know, you could just had Obi-Wan doing something. That would have been a really cool idea, right? You could have two or three yeah. seasons like that. Exactly. Where he's like, like a covert Jedi yeah. sort of, you know, working to stop the purge or helping right. to stop the purge. Right. And nobody finds out, you know, where he is. But instead, we get this this third sister. Yes. Which, oh my God. Listen, I enjoyed her very much in uh, Queen's Gambit, but I'm not digging Oof. her character in this at all. Uh, I, I just, I don't, I just don't like it. Um, I don't, I don't think, you know, she, I don't, I just don't like it. But listen, <laughs> and Leia, I'm sorry, not I don't like. Great, I mean, and, and the Leia, yeah. listen, with the Leia thing, I mean. When I saw her running and she was about to get kidnapped, I was like, you, you know, please. I'm like, please tell me that this is not going to be what draws him out. And sure enough, it was. I did an eye roll, kind of like when we found out, you know, Anakin built C-3PO. It's like, yeah. really? Like, you have an entire universe. And it just so happens that Darth Vader built C-3PO. And now Obi-Wan had to save Leia from her kidnapping when she was 10. And Third Sister knows that Anakin is Darth Vader, yet yeah. nobody knew Anakin was Darth Vader other than the Emperor and Yoda and Obi-Wan. And Anakin, and that's the other thing that I need to ask you a question about is if we're supposed to believe that third sister is kidnapping Leia to draw out Obi-Wan and Darth Vader knows that Leia is his child, right? Well, he doesn't. No, he didn't figure that out until Empire Strikes, uh, until uh, Return of the Jedi when when Luke gave it away when he was fighting him. But the thing is that you would think that Obi-Wan was so weak when Vader confronted him in episode three. Why couldn't Vader have figured it out that Leia was his daughter in right. episode three of this series? Like because Obi-Wan and how, presumably... but how do they know, you know, if they don't know why Leia is precious? Then how well, does she know that kidnapping her is going to bring lure Obi-Wan out? Yeah, I think it was because uh, I think they, you know, he was, Obi-Wan was close with Bail Organa during the Clone Wars. So that's what, that's what drew him out, that they figured that if the daughter was kidnapped, that would draw Obi-Wan out to come help um, save her, I guess. That was the, that was the, again, the, the MacGuffin to this is that's you know, it's not because it's Anakin's. They don't understand. They don't know the significance of Leia, I guess. Uh, the, the Inquisitors don't know the significance of her, although okay. she is probably force sensitive. Yeah. So that would that would make her in danger, just generally speaking. Yeah, exactly. Um, and third sister kind of knows that now because of the, yeah. uh, when she tried to read her mind. Exactly. So she knows she's force sensitive. But I don't know. It's like, you know, this was very akin to the Darth Vader building you know, C-3PO situation, which, you know, it's like, there's not only six people that exist in this universe. Um, <laughs> I'm enjoying watching it, but I just kind of feel like it's just not, it's, I wasn't terribly excited about this past episode. I kind of feel yeah. like it was a letdown. It was terrible. It didn't, it didn't really go anywhere. And again, you know, we've talked about this previously. I'm not really a cartoon person. So I, I, I understand that, you know, Clone Wars and Rebels are canon, 
Uh, I haven't watched them. I know, and and I know that Clone Wars is very popular, and I know also that it, it gets very high ratings, and 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 it's and it's well regarded. I just I just don't have the patience to sit down and watch it. But I guess like those some of those Jedi that were in that tomb yeah. were from that series, and so if you're if you're really into Star Wars, and and I am, but not to the extent that I've watched Clone Wars. That was like a big sort of spoiler, I guess, or yeah. a, a reveal. Um, but it sort of went over my head. I just, I, I knew they were Jedi, but it was just like I didn't know who the hell they were. You know, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. They, I mean, if they're going to put Easter eggs, I was like joking on my recap that I'm like, I was hoping to see like Mace Windu or something, and there's someone, <laughs> someone I'd actually recognize, right? <laughs> that, now that would be cool. Like if Mace Windu well, somehow beheaded. showed up. No, maybe no they cut his arm off, and the uh, Emperor cut his arm off, and then he flew like he fell, like you know hundred stories down but he could still be alive you don't know <laughs> yeah i mean that would be kind of cool if he showed up at the end i would also like to see the emperor appear at some point which is kind of ironic because <laughs> i hated seeing him in that, that <laughs> exactly, last movie <laughs> exactly it's like i wouldn't mind seeing the emperor it's like well wait a minute well why did you hate seeing him in the last movie well i'll tell you why i hated seeing him in the last movie because in this it would make sense because he's at the height of his power and he, you know, he helped create Darth Vader. You know, it was his whole plot to, you know, get Darth Vader to become his his apprentice. And it would make sense to have him here. He's definitely around. I, yeah, he's around. Yeah. Why did I hate seeing him in the last movie? Well, because he's dead. he had fallen because he <laughs> had been killed. He fell down a nuclear shaft and then he also got blown up in the Death Star. But somehow he was still <laughs> in infinite amounts of him, apparently. So infinite amounts of, of the emperor. Uh, and uh, I forgot about that. Holy cow. Wow. Like clones yeah, of the was, emperor. Too, clones of the emperor. And then he had to get uh, the holding that that don't even get me started. That was <laughs> that's even more confusing. I, I you know, you talk about Moon Knight. Moon Knight is like Moon Knight compared to the West. You know, episode nine of Star Wars is like, you know, the alphabet versus like, you know, reading like the Magna Carta or something like it's just I didn't even understand what the hell happened in the in the in the in the ninth in, in the ninth movie. It was like I, 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 I don't want to get you going even more, but I, I have to just talk about like once again, just in my mind, just remembering that final movie and thinking about people in the writer's room coming up with this story for Obi-Wan, you know, yeah. it, what probably was like, you know, a lot of people working this, this story. Right. And this is what they come up with. And you're like, this is all you could come up with. <laughs> Think of the writer's room on that last Jedi. Like oh. that must've been every putty, like any idea they had, they were just sticking it on the board. They're like, okay, exactly. that one, and that, and yeah, yeah. They'll the, one emperor. No, no. F f infinite amounts of emperors. Yeah, <laughs> and they all that, get their own death star. <laughs> exactly. It was just, it was like, it, it, that movie was was unbelievable because I didn't really even know much about what had transpired in terms of putting it together. But I remember when I watched it, when I was in the theater watching and I was like, oh my God, this is like one of the most disjointed things I've ever seen ever, like in any type of movie. And then it turned out it was like six or seven re, you know, reshoots. And you could tell it was like almost like eight movies that were like cut and pasted into like one overall movie and none of it made sense. And it's like, like you were saying, like someone was like sitting in the writers and they're like, all right, wait, okay. Carrie Fisher's dead in real life and Luke is already dead, but I have a really good idea. Let's make Han Solo a force ghost, even though he has no, yeah, <laughs> no exactly. Jedi training. Let's make him a force ghost that could talk with his son. And then here's an even better idea. Let's just get every single character that's still alive and come back at the end. And like, you know, it'll be like a Marvel Avengers ending. <laughs> yeah. But nobody will give a shit about it. Nobody care at all. Yeah. <laughs> 
And speaking of it, once again, you know, Marvel is not perfect, not by any stretch of the imagination. It's funny. The other day, I was just like looking at every single Marvel film and I was like, you know what? Most of these Marvel films, I give most of them, I give a thumbs up to, but they're not even enthusiastic thumbs up. What they really did a great job with is the characters, because every time you see them come back or they come together, you're so excited to see them come together. So that's what Marvel did. But the reason I bring that out specifically is that I think about Marvel and I think about Star Wars and like what you're describing where they're like, they can barely string a story together to make that third uh, movie in that trilogy. Or right now with Obi-Wan cannot figure out or the Boba Fett show cannot figure out how to write a story around these characters. And to that point, Marvel's not perfect, but Marvel is doing this with like 10 movies at a time. And they're like, what are we doing in three years? What are we doing in five years? The Star Wars uh, franchise, they're basically saying, okay, let's put all of our effort into making the next Star Wars movie. At the time, they had no series. They had nothing else Mm -hmm. going on, just that one movie, and they could not crack that nut. And then instead of being like, man, we need to go back to the drawing board, board, they're like, hey, what if we do five series a year like Marvel does? It's like, that's not how this stuff works, man. You have to work your way up to it. You don't just start writing a whole bunch of things and like they're all going to be good because you put some Easter eggs in there. I, I don't get it. You know, going back to what we were saying about Marvel, I mean, Star Wars fans are way more fanatic also about, yeah. you know, anything having to do with Star Wars. It's all good. And um, my my opinion, and this is not obviously going to be a popular opinion with Star Wars fans, is there's definitely been more bad than good yeah. in, in the Star Wars universe. Absolutely. Clearly, the original trilogy that we grew up with was excellent. Rogue One, excellent. Mandalorian, excellent. Boba Fett, the episodes with the Mandalorian, excellent. <laughs> the non-Mandalorian episodes, not good. But then, you know, the prequel trilogy was horrible with the exception of, I actually did like um, Revenge of the Sith. I liked it. Some parts of it, not great, but I, I did like yeah. it and it set it up. And then, um, yeah, and then I did like, uh, Solo wasn't bad. It was fun. Um, I don't need to see it again, but I didn't think it was a bad movie. It's just, it's nothing that I need to probably watch again. And um, as far as the sequel trilogy, you know where I stand on that. Uh, and then now, you know, Obi-Wan, I would probably, I'd probably put Obi-Wan, you hate Obi-Wan. I would put Obi-Wan probably more in the solo camp. I would say yeah. entertaining. I would, I would too. I just think I'm more yeah. <laughs> forgiving of both. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, in my opinion, I'd say, you know, if somebody asked, you know, Obi-Wan, I think it's entertaining. Probably nothing I need to watch again after these next two episodes are, are over. I wouldn't say horrendous um you know it's definitely better than the sequel trilogy but at the same time uh total missed opportunity in my opinion total missed opportunity yeah and and to be uh, honest about it it's not even uh, you know my frustration at this point is just like my frustration with watching (laughs) these star wars uh, properties is my my honest frustration with it because i'm not even uh, you know i would rank it about the same i'd say uh, it is like solo i didn't think so i didn't despise solo either yeah. Um, I didn't think it was as bad as everybody said it was, <clears throat> although it did a lot of things I didn't care about. Like I did not need to know about, you know, um, uh, Solo's backstory or that he got his name Solo. That was such a stupid explanation yeah. to how he got or how he got his, you know, Bandolero or whatever. I'm like, we don't need to know or how we met Chewbacca, like all that stuff. I don't need to know any of that stuff. And it was better when it was in my head. I had better versions of it. So you guys gave me nothing yeah. new. But as a movie, I didn't hate it from moment to moment. And. I would say I would parallel it very much with Obi-Wan where from moment to moment, it's not even like absolutely terrible. My, my frustration isn't specifically with this show. It's just like, I'm at the end of my rope with everything star Wars. Cause I just feel like one project after another, after another, I'm like, you guys really can't figure this out. Like with star Wars, you can't just tell a story. Like 
why is this like rocket science right now, people? What is wrong? Like, why, why is this so, so complicated? And they spend, like, for example, with Obi-Wan, they went back to the drawing board like multiple times with this show. They rewrote everything. They reshot almost the whole entire thing. And this is what they came back with? Like, what was oh, the wow. original? I didn't know, I didn't what know that. What was the original show? Like, how bad was that that they had to come back with this? Wow. I, I didn't know that fact about it. I mean, the one thing I will say, and, and you would agree, well, at least, you know, you know, Mandalorian's great. I think that's the... To be honest with you, I think that's the era that they need to stay in. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. They need to stay in the post-return of the Jedi era. And then they have to somehow decanonize the the (laughs) sequel trilogy. And I think, you know, there had been rumblings about it. And I actually thought that I have a good friend of mine that's actually a huge Star Wars fan, but hates it, it kind of right on the same wavelength with us when it comes to, you know, these various properties and things that have come out. Um he had heard rumblings that they were really going to try to decanonize the the sequel and the sequel trilogy and almost put it in an alternate universe oh, um, through, through like the ah- Ahsoka um, mm-hmm. series somehow. And uh, maybe that's something that they'll do down the road, but I, I feel like that's uncharted territory. I mean, especially if like you don't, if you ignore the sequel trilogy, although the only problem with that is now, in Boba Fett, the episodes that Luke was in with Baby Yoda, you could tell they were building up the right. the school where Kylo Ren eventually betrays Luke, which is like, oh man, you know, like you'd like to see them sort of distance themselves from the sequel trilogy and not go with it. But uh, I think that's that's uncharted territory, like post Empire universe, yeah. like right after the Empire's fallen, the, you know, the lawlessness that would be a lot of fun, and that's why I think people have enjoyed the Mandalorian. And the, also, the Mandalorian's a Western, and I think that. Yeah. And my frustration with that show also is when they try to shoehorn in the Skywalker saga once again. Yeah. And it's like, just let it be a Western, just let it be a samurai movie, right? Like, let it be, you know, Fistful of Dollars or Yojimbo or you know whatever cultural. You know, they are there are so many stories like this that you can tell the man with no name. You yeah. can just basically build a whole mythology around it, and then. Over time, because you have this hugely successful property, like start to build up the mythology. Think, th- plan it out, and drop little seeds in there. Introduce new ideas. Take the t- series in a new direction, right? Like, but they can't. They can't quit that Skywalker saga. They can't. No. They just, Listen, just, I did. I will say, I loved when Luke came back, and and yeah. uh, because we finally got to see Luke in his prime, which we've right. never gotten to see. Which everybody we, wanted and, to see, right? And because which they should have done in the sequels. I mean, right. quite honestly, they should have done that in the sequel trilogy, but. They didn't. They missed that opportunity. So they did it in they did it at the end of Mandalorian and I loved it. And in my opinion, I think they should have just had Baby Yoda or Grogu, whatever, um, gone off with Luke to be trained. And maybe he shows up two or three seasons down the road, like Mando's in a bad spot, and Baby Yoda comes out of nowhere and saves him or something like that. Mm-hmm. That would have been cool. I don't understand why he's back with him. You know, that, that to me, that was also kind of like, all right, you know, very popular character, <laughs> you know, he's off with Luke and now all of a sudden it's like, nope, he turned away from his Jedi training and he's going to stick with Mando now. And it, now, you know, now it's like the Mando and Grogu show again. I think you could have just closed the chapter on that arc, that story arc and, and moved on from it. But I do have faith in that show because uh, F- John Favreau is so inv- heavily involved in yeah. it. And, he, uh, you know, listen, he's done wonders for the Marvel, uh, the MCU and yeah. uh, everything the guy touches is brilliant, in my opinion. I think he's he's an excellent director, an excellent writer. So I do have a lot of faith that the Mando series is going to continue to be excellent. 
I'd like to see him do, you know, he was also responsible for Boba Fett and obviously the episodes with Mando were great. Um, you know, they didn't do much with the, with the Boba Fett character, but maybe now they will. And, you know, this is the funny thing. I actually forget <laughs> where that one left off with Boba Fett. I don't know where. I, I don't where think I, I don't like, think I made it to the end. So I don't. Yeah, I don't even know what happened to Boba Fett at the end. I can actually forget. I, I watched the whole thing and I know where Mando is. Mando's with Baby Yoda now. Uh, and, and but I don't remember actually what happens with what happened with Boba Fett if he's actually still on Tatooine or if he uh, if he left. I don't even. That's a whole digression. We probably can't go down. Maybe we'll save it for some future conversation. But even that's so crazy that they do this Boba Fett show, and then they basically say, "Okay, well, we really don't have enough story for Boba Fett. We're really just going to make like half a season of The Mandalorian and throw yeah. it in here." And it's like, why did you make a Boba Fett show? Why did you just make yeah. a, like? Why did you just do The Mandalorian season? earlier and then work out the kinks of the boba fett show like yeah. what what is going on over there like it's it's crazy yeah the best episode of the season was the one where boba fett wasn't even in it and it was the mandalorian <laughs> episode right, right where he's like trying to where he's looking for for grogu yep. and uh that was the, that was easily the best episode but you know we'll see where it goes that that i'm i'm more optimistic about i'm curious to see what happens at the end of obi-wan um just in light of the fact that they said that they're going to somehow resolve the inconsistency but my guess is like i said some <laughs> force some yeah some force forcey mind wipe to protect obi-wan's identity is going to be how they get there which then to your point raises the question of then why in the first place did you even have right we want to interact with Leia. I want you know, Disney to roll out that new feature where they wipe my mind of watching the show. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. Thanks for the conversation. And uh, all right. Yeah. No. Sounds good. Let's recap uh, after Obi Wan next week. Absolutely. We got to get Ray. We'll see if it gets. Yeah. I will see Ray defend this thing. <laughs> yeah. We're gonna have we're gonna have good run-ins with Ray on this one. Absolutely. We'll see. All right, Victor. All right. Take care, man. All right. Take care. All right. I have yeah. a good one. All right. All right. Night. Bye. Bye.